Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host. I'm very happy to be joined once again by my partner in crime, the Shawangunk Express, the Fulham Flyer, the Ryan Smith to my Ryan Reynolds, Phil Vondra. Welcome back to the Pain Cave once again. Thank you, Jay. It's good to be back. We are back for a very brief recap of recent goings on in the trail world. And we have a very special guest who's going to be coming in in just about 15 minutes to catch us up on what's been going on in her recent running exploits. But before we get started tonight, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? Well, we're drinking one of our old favorites here. It's an other half beer, and this one is called Green to the Socks. It's a double dry hopped IPA. Okay. Right up our alley. Let me crack <laughs> this thing. Oh, wow. Sounds good. It was a very sibilant pop there. Yeah. There you go. It smells so good already. Wow. You picked this up fresh the other night? Yeah, I popped in there just to, you know, grab a couple of beers. Oh, that smells delicious. Yeah. What's it called? Green to the Socks? Green down to the Socks. Yeah. Cheers. Mm. That's good, right? That That is good. good. That is good. It's got trouble written all over it. It actually smells a little better than it tastes, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's got that. It's like a mosaic hop. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a whole mixture of hops in there, actually. I was looking at the... What was in there? But yeah, it's quite the mix. Nice Very good. All right, Phil, we were just on with our usual This Month in Ultra Running podcast just a couple of weeks ago, really. And uh, we had caught up on a lot of what's been going on recently. But there were a couple of big races this past weekend that we wanted to touch base about before we got into the main event for tonight. The main two bit being the North Face Championships in California and the World Mountain Running Championships, both the short and long course, took place last weekend in Argentina. Where do you want to start? Uh, I think we start with the World Mountain Running Championships. Pretty exciting uh, times down there in Argentina. Such a fantastic uh, showing from the U.S. Yeah, and we had spoken last time about how the U.S. kind of sometimes has some trouble filling out the roster of some of the, the world's championship teams, depending on the different events or where they fall on the calendar. And not the case this time. We, you know, the, the, for the short distance mountain running championships, I feel like we're always sending a pretty strong team. Yeah, this the, team is strong. The long distance mountain running championships in the past have varied somewhat. Uh, yep. This year, really solid, very, very solid representation on both sides. And, and you know, for the second straight uh, world championship weekend, another really, really strong showing on the U.S. side. The short distance was first, and the U.S. sweeping the individual titles. Joe Gray winning yeah. his, I think, second world mountain running championship and leading the U.S. men to silver. And Grayson Murphy, That's the, one. the U.S., I think, rookie on the, yeah. on the team this year, former All-America at, I think, University of Utah. Yeah. And the... the I don't want to say surprise winner of the National Mountain Running Championships earlier this year, but I think, um, you know, certainly a, a fairly new on the on the trail and, and mountain racing scene. Came away with a win for the for the individual title for the women as well. So great day there. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I don't know a lot about her, but young, you know, just getting into this, uh, you know, this mountain running thing and uh, coming out as a world champion. Pretty, pretty good trip down to Argentina, I think. Yeah, really exciting. Really exciting. Um, pretty close races on both sides, uh, especially yeah, the women's side, only about 20 seconds separating yeah. top two and, and a little over a minute separating the, the podium. So yeah, very, and, and very tight when, at, at this level. I think that's to be expected. I think most yeah. of these short world, races, yeah, well. short, shorter races, only uh, a little over an hour and, and, uh, pretty tight up racing up front. Great showings there. 
Love to see it for Joe Gray, who is really, we've spoken about him multiple times, especially recently, I feel like his name keeps popping up, but really one of the, the all-time greats in U.S. mountain running. Yeah, totally. And uh, the next day, the long, long Distance Mountain Running Championships, Jim, back at it, yeah. going to the front right from the gun as his, his style, and he didn't get much of a gap, but was able to hold off enough of a gap for the world title there, and uh, again, leading the U.S. men to silver. Yeah, I think he won by uh, just under a minute and, you know, led all the way. I watched some video footage and, and he was just moving so well. I mean, he was he was really flying. Uh, so impressive. And, you know, just once again showing how good he is over all kinds of distances. Yeah. You know, a shorter race like this, you know, as opposed to a 100 mile. I mean, he just, he's got some really, really great form. Uh, and, you know, congrats to him. It's an excellent thing to see. To see the video it, it looked at least in spots that i was able to see fairly technical uh yeah. fairly rugged a lot of i mean there was snow on the course at, at least in some spots yeah there was and, snow at one point yeah and uh i mean you know he's you know we we do uh, certainly none of us like to place limits on what Jin can do but I, at least i think of him as you know most uh, accomplished on faster runnable courses, just given his speed and, and his efficiency and his economy and everything else, but showing he can get it done certainly on the hills, the big hills and the, um, and on technical terrain as well. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, these are, these are world-class mountain runners he's up against. And, you know, he seems to have, uh, you know, done a few of these kind of races recently, but I think he's more well known for some of the kind of longer distance stuff, but, sure. uh, I think going out there and, and, you know, getting this, uh, world title is, is huge for him. Three U.S. runners in the top 10, Hayden Hawks, finishing off a very strong season in sixth place in the world. David Sinclair rounding out the top 10, about 15 minutes behind Jim. Yep. And the U.S. taking a close second to Spain there uh, for the men. Really, just just a, another great weekend, as we said, f coming uh, fast on the heels of the double gold performance of the teams at the 24-hour World Championships. This was really cool to see. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, coming away with the team, Team Silver there as well. And I think it was fairly close on points. I think it was only a few points, uh, you know, between uh, the USA and Spain. Yeah, it was tight. Uh, I think maybe it was two points or something is what I saw. So very, very close there, close to gold for them. But yeah, overall great showing. Hayden Hawks, I mean, he had a great race as well. He was, I think he was up to fourth at one point and, you know, slipped a couple of places towards the end. But, you know, he went out, you know, after it right from the gun as well. And uh, I think that's a solid, solid run for him, sixth place. Yeah, he's had a great year. Yeah, he's, definitely. He's had a really very good year. Let's talk a little bit about North Face. Yeah, we had cool. previewed it a little bit uh, at our, in our last episode. Just in time, we both picked Jared to win. Just in time for him to drop out the, yep. the, the following day and announce that time. he had sustained, a, I think, a knee injury and a, a fall during a training run, yep. and was unable to make the start line. So that kind of threw both of our picks into disarray a little bit. I think we both had Matt Daniels to finish on the podium. Yeah. And he was up among the leaders early on and then yeah. had a, a rough second half of the race yeah, and faded pretty stomach hard. Stomach issues or I think he dropped up forty two miles. Yeah. And and was yeah, was was kind of moving backwards at that point after, you know, really running very strong at the front to to begin with. I think your third pick for the podium though I think you're you, right. You came yep. through, right? I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, I do think you're right actually. <laughs> Yeah, Sebastian Speller. Good good run from him and uh he straight, went out straight hard. from the front, right? Yeah, I mean I hard. I think he and and uh Matt and I think there might have been one other with him early with the two of them early on, but you know, once they fell back, Seb was yeah, just way out in front and, and um you know, 
just kept kept pulling away. Yeah, he had a I think at about forty miles or so he had a really you know quite a big lead. Maybe it was up to about fifteen minutes or something, and then he had a bit of leg trouble. And, um, you know, he gave back a little bit of time. But then I think on the last kind of downhill, things, you know, sort of came right for him again and uh, pulled away a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, great, great day out for him. And good to see, you know, someone coming from France over here to run on the West Coast and, and doing well. It's nice to have that international flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. France actually putting two in the top three. Yeah. Uh, on the men's side. Thierry Garivier. Yep. Yeah. So uh, some unexpected results there, I would say. Drew Holman, we had mentioned a little bit in the preview. You had been real high on his chances coming yeah, off of the yeah. national championship. I think he was one of my guys Cayuga. to watch, maybe. Yeah. I think I had a pretty good day at the and, North Face I mean, as well, he, right? Yeah, and he moved he moved through the field really, really strongly. Yeah, he was ninth or 10th early on, and he just kept moving up all day long. And, uh, you know, fantastic uh, fourth place for him there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also good to see Debo mixing it up. Totally, yeah. Great to see him back. And uh, I did see some pretty cool uh, video footage of him, like, puking his guts up on the <laughs> welcome back to ultra run. Exactly, you know, exactly. Uh, yeah, solid run for him. Really good to see him back. And, uh, you know, who knows what he'll do next year, but hopefully good stuff. He was uh, he was certainly struggling on the on the last kind of stretches there, but yeah. held on for a nice sixth-place finish there. Yep. Great to see him yeah, very good. back in good form. Uh, yeah, we don't have to go through the rest of it. I mean, you know, some some... Surprising performances, both positively and negatively, and uh, some kind of non-surprising performances in, in both those ways. Uh, what about for the women? We had both thought Claire was the woman to watch for sure. We did, yeah. Uh, I think that was kind of the conventional wisdom, and yep. she kind of sounded like she had a tough day from the start. Just was yeah. you know, never really got going, was never really among the leaders, although gutted it out for a top 10 finish, yep. you know, but was, was really mired in the back half of the top 10 yeah. for, for the whole way. And I think you had it again. I, I mean, you I had Eo Wang anything, in the top. But yeah, I think I did, yeah. <laughs> you know. you, I, yeah, you had uh, Eo Wang in on your podium, and, and she yeah. ran a brilliant, brilliant race. Yeah, local girl, local trails, had a fantastic race. I mean, she just looked looked really good out there. I mean, I think it was tight kind of early on, and then she just pulled away, uh, you know, all day long, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, fantastic to see her up there, looking looking very, very happy at the finish line. Emery Madden from Canada with a strong come from behind run to yeah. finish second. She, uh, similar to the race that Drew Holman ran on the men's side, she kind of came from the back part of the top 10 and yep. moved through the field. Yeah. Uh, finishing strongly in second. Addie Bracey was my only saving grace on the day. I did have her on the podium and you she did. wound up third. Yep. So that was good to see. What happened to Anna Mae Flynn? Because she was out front know, early actually. on. She wound up dropping out, and it was kind of just like we, we had both kind of tabbed her as a, a real strong contender to watch. And yep. then all of a sudden, she and she was running in the top two or three. Oh, yeah, she was up there. Through the first yep. probably half of the race or at least 20 miles. And then all of a sudden, she vanished, and that was it. I, I, I lo- we lost track of her with the with the iron far tracking, yeah. and then she dropped out. So I'm not sure what the uh, what Pro- the issue was. Probably there. still out there running around. Who, who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm not quite sure what happened to her, but uh, she looked great early on, and I guess things uh, didn't work out. Yeah, so a little a uh, little disappointing there. But yeah, no, it, it was a good, it was a, a fun end to the season. I think. I mean, there's still yeah, a definitely. couple of races coming that we'll be tracking, but uh, you know, most most. Uh, particularly JFK, I think this weekend is, is where we'll see a few of the um, top guys and girls going at it. Uh, I know Zach and Nicole uh, Bitter are going to be out there. Yeah. So that'll be interesting, be on a, interesting certainly on a runnable yeah. course. 
but you know, this this I think, as we've said before, is is kind of the de facto end to the the majority of the racing season. Yeah, it really is. And uh, it was it was a it was a good, fun, entertaining race. It had it really ups and downs. We had some surprises. We had some some really strong running. We had some some blow ups and just a you know maybe maybe just not a the standard old ultra yeah, exactly. really right I mean, <laughs> exactly maybe not the the most groundbreaking thing but yeah. just uh, yeah we got some good storylines out of it and and uh, just a good day yeah. out there yeah totally agree no it was good stuff good good uh, coverage you know um, and uh, yeah fun to fun to see what was going on out there all right we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our special guest who is going to tell us about one of the I would say stories of the year that we've just been talking about over the past few weeks. So stay tuned in just a sec. All right. So on the line now, we are so very excited to be joined by the newly crowned champion of the Biggs Backyard Ultra and a true legend in the sport of ultra running today from the East Coast by way of Colorado now, unfortunately. We've lost her to... I guess the place where we kind of lose everybody, but it happens uh, eventually. It, it, it all it always happens, except for us. Yeah. Why doesn't it happen for us? I don't they, know. Don't, they don't have old people's homes. So anyway, we're we're super super psyched to be joined uh, by Tailwind and rugged running athlete Maggie Guerrero. Maggie, welcome to the Pain Cave. Hi, thanks, Jay. Hi, Phil. Thanks for being here with us. We're so psyched to have you on this. We have definitely followed your career for a long time, and and certainly. Uh, you brought everything, I think, not just uh, among us following you east uh, on the East Coast here, but I think nationally everything came to a head with, with Biggs last week, but uh, or last month, rather. But we'll get into that in a little bit. First of all, how is everything going? How's your recovery going? How are you feeling these days? Um, I haven't run much still. I'm just kind of like, that's kind of on purpose. Um because I'm just trying to go to the gym here that we have this gym called the vault, which is really cool. And it's, you do a lot of CrossFit type moves, but like, it's not competitive. So you can't get carried away and I'll, it's less chance to get injured. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah, you're definitely. not like racing the person next to you. Um, so I've been enjoying that and then biking a lot. Um, and then just kind of sleeping in if I feel like it or, or whatever. So, um, was- and like, I don't know the weather we, you know, like it's sunny here all the time, like, uh, which is sometimes kind of boring, but it's also kind of nice. And it was like pouring rain the net last two mornings. And uh, usually I like to force myself to go outside, but I was like, Man, I don't really need to. So I yeah, did perfect. <laughs> was this by design? Uh, you had some downtime built into the schedule after after Biggs? Yeah, yeah. Because like, so one of the perks of Biggs well, is that I win a guaranteed entry to Barkley. So right. I still have to apply. Nice. But the advantage of that is, like, I know that I'm in Barkley. So, um, so yeah, I'm just really taking it easy so that I don't, like, start training too soon and realize, oh, I should have, like, chilled or I'm worn out or whatever. And I want to do, like, really good training, a little, like, lead up to Barkley um, since I don't plan on moving jobs or moving out of the state or moving houses at all. So it should be, like, it should be a good setup to, like, do really well this winter. When was the big move? uh april so right before right after barkley okay um which is when i got the job of her tailwind is in february and i was working remote but it became a lot uh you know a little bit of travel but like it was you know a big thing to move to another state um so that like kind of hurt the training and stuff but um yeah so i'm excited to just be able to like hear and have like a routine and just kind of figure out like 
how to train for it differently here than on the East Coast. Because, like, honestly, you know, everyone's like, oh, mountains and, like, all this stuff. And, you know, people say, like, in Pennsylvania, like, how do you train for, for Barkley with, like, I'm like, well, there's plenty of stuff in Pennsylvania right, that's, yeah. like, so similar to Tennessee and, like, right. Frozen Head, whereas the here is just really different. So it'll just be, it'll be different. Yeah, but I actually think terrain-wise, I mean, what what you're dealing with in Pennsylvania, if you're getting into the trails there in, you know, World's End State Park or anything like that, you're you're actually going to see much more similar terrain to what you'd see at Frozen Head. Like you said, I mean, it's basically the Alleghenies is kind of the same range uh, getting into the Smokies mm-hmm. as, I mean, it, the Rockies are obviously bigger, but um, the terrain, I think, is going to be much different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's leaves and mud are like a, a very different to deal with than, you know, it's usually dry here. Right. It's dry and gravelly and loose. And, um, you know, it's it's just different to bushwhack here than it is there. And I mean, navigation there is completely different as well. So, um, yeah, but I mean, obviously, like you can do really well wherever you train if you just do it right like so i wanted to talk a little bit obviously about bigs and the first kind of question i had was what attracted you to it was it where did you go into bigs this year and and part of what i was wondering was you you know you've had a lot of success in the past at longer distances at the 24 hour you've uh, i think been on the national 24 hour team before is that correct yeah, in 2015. Yeah, so you, I mean, obviously, you would have had a chance to go back to uh, the World Championships this year, and you know, pretty much anyone who was in that position needed to make a decision between either going to, you know, going for a spot on that World Championship team or running at bigs for the win there because those were on consecutive weekends. What was it that kind of tipped that? decision for you to kind of go for bigs rather than chase a spot on the 2019 team was it that you really wanted to guarantee the spot at Barkley or was it the format of bigs or something else that spoke to you um well I did try two 24-hour races okay um yeah and they did not go well um and again so like my two big goals last year were um or this year were Barkley and then bigs mm-hmm. um but bigs was I I was going to go to Biggs if I didn't get on the team. And, like, so I went to um, Dust of Dawn uh, D3 in, in Sharon Hill, Pennsylvania. Yeah, which that, was, like, that was an unfortunate that was weather day. Yeah, it was yeah, terrible, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it's always kind of crazy there. Um, was it? I think – I'm trying to remember a timeline now. Oh, my God. This seems like so long ago. That's uh, – um, I think that's, like, early May or mid-May, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. 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 So that was after last year's – Barkley. Okay. Right. Because that was still the qualifying window. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was right. It was right at the close of the window. That's actually, I think, Rich uh, Ryap helped. Of the window, I think. Oh, you're saying from last year? Yeah, yeah. Because then, because like Desert Solstice was the last chance to qualify. Was going to be, right, right. Yeah. And I went to that too. And that was right after Biggs. And that went terrible as well. I mean, Courtney was there. Yep. um, You know, and. And also, I mean, Camille crushed it. Um, you and you know, if someone started running exceptionally well, especially over 150 miles, you basically had to win Desert Solstice to get on the team, right? right. And like when that became apparent that like there is no way, you're like, why am I running in the circle still? So <laughs> yeah, so both my attempts were like after two very different races to kind of like switch gears 
and it doesn't go well. And so like for me, I think I need to focus like, like I have to make a very like focused on kind of like, I'm going to go for the team. I'm going to train for this 24 hour, not just switch gears and just see what happens. Like that doesn't work for me. So the decision was made that, uh, that I would go to bigs because I didn't make the team. (laughs) Right. Right. That's, that's what it was. And I, I love that race though. Cause like, I know that Courtney was kind of torn, you know, obviously going to the team, like representing the U S was like awesome. Um, but like bigs is so fun. Um, so I don't know. I'm glad I, I got to go. I would like to try to go for the team again sometime, but it's so hard to like fit everything in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a definite kind of FOMO situation, especially when these things kind of get stacked upon each other like that. Did Yeah, and you you never know when the championship each every other year is gonna be, so it's kinda hard. Yeah, that's what Phil and I were saying on our last uh the last time we were doing this was you know, they yeah. keep moving no, the you, dates you guys of have the a point the championships around it's really hard for people especially when things fill up way in advance you have to you have the lotteries for different races it's it's hard to make plans it's i mean you know it's hard to know how to set up a season and how to set up a year when when these things keep bouncing around Mm -hmm. and i saw that uh, next year they're having the 50k road championships after the marathon trials the day after so that that's (laughs) a bit of slightly odd timing i think oh geez seriously yeah yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, the marathon people care too much about the ultra running world. <laughs> yeah, but there's a few ultra runners in there that could, you know, probably win that 50k, uh, you know, road champs. It's just sure. a little bit odd, you know. But yeah. I do agree with you. Yeah, no. there's a lot of road runners that don't really care about that. Yeah. So was had you had any last man standing, last person standing experience prior to Biggs? Uh, I went to Biggs a year before. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, no, those are the only two last man standing races I okay. did. And how yeah. far did you go in, in 2018? Uh, 183. Yeah, so you, I remember you were probably like, there were maybe four or five left. You were you were kind of the last one out before it kind of got down to yeah. the, the final it four. it got down to the final five. Final and, five, uh, right. Yeah, because like Dave Johnston and Joe and I all dropped out kind of like one after the other. Right. Um, like I started the lap and just didn't finish it. I turned around. Um, but... Yeah, so then there was those five went for a while, right. and then like yeah, so basically Johan went another Johan and Courtney went another twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, these are crazy numbers that we're talking, right? I yeah. Mean, what? What's... You know, it, it's also but like Gavin. So I mean, that's what Gavin Woody kind of said because like you don't know when it's going to end, and right. he was third last year. He's like the last three, so right. you know, obviously like me going, oh, why didn't I hang in there? Like I knew I wasn't gonna. I probably maybe could have made it four more laps and made mm. it to 200, but like, there's no way I was going to make a day in the trail. Right. But like Gavin was like, man, two laps later, Courtney dropped or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> he's like, if only, you know, so you never know. It's just, it's just such a weird format. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really is. I mean, yeah. I guess my question was, I mean, it's so much, I mean, not only is it incredibly physical on your body, but like what a mental chess match as well. I mean, you're just battling your mind you know as much as you're bat- battling your physiology you know i mean it just it looks so hard on the on the brain yeah 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 it gets into your head because you're you're fatigued you're tired yeah. and if you see someone else doing really well or you think they're doing really well then you are like well i'm doing terrible and this person's doing great they're not going to you know drop or anything you know yeah did did you struggle with that kind of 
I, I guess I would call it negative self-talk like that, where you're, you're, you're looking around at other people and trying to gauge how they're feeling. And I mean, it, it can kind of creep in like that, like, oh, they look a lot stronger than I feel or something. Did you have a struggle with that or were you able to compartmentalize it pretty well? Yeah, not this year. No. I mean, yeah, if it crept in, I was just like, push, I was able to push it out of my head and be like, you know, everyone is suffering. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. How much, how much gamesmanship did you feel like there was like trying to maybe, you know, put on a brave face or like, are you, are you actually, are you playing mind games or do you feel like people are playing mind games with each other and maybe not, you know, kind of showing all their cards at one time or maybe, you know, sandbagging a lap here or there to kind of give people a different feel or do you think people are kind of beyond that, especially as it gets late in the race? Um, some more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Some people really play that game and some just come to run. And, 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 you know, like either don't think they, you know, like Will didn't come to play a game, like really, right. or to play games. Like he came, he came to, to do his best. And like, uh, I don't think he played any, any mind games, um, but like Dave Proctor would show up <laughs> and he played a lot of games. Like he would tell me how great his sleep was and how awesome his legs felt after being in the Norma Tech boots. And oh, wow. and he would show up to the line eating like a caramel apple, which, <laughs> hey, I'm like, good for you, dude, if you can eat that. Like, but just all casual, looking great. And like, and uh, and Guillaume's like, he pl- he doesn't, he he plays the game, but he doesn't play games with you, really. Like, um like he's supportive and he's not trying to beat you down, but he's also trying to look really, really good each time. Um, well, he he's, actually, a good, he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he succeeded, but he <laughs> tried to uh, compensate because he was having a knee issue and then he gave himself an issue on the other side. So, uh, um, but you know, like he's just mentally tough anyway. So, um, and then there's another guy, Sean, that was like trying to speed up past people to just mess with them. And I was like, I don't really know what that's doing, but like, it was funny. Like, you know, everyone has their own like way to pass the time and just kind of like whatever. (laughs) Did you, I I know you would run, uh, laps with different people at different times. Did you have a plan with anyone going in that you were going to kind of team up and work together or was it more just like a kind of see how it goes at the time? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Amelia was there and she's a good friend and I'm, you know, I know I can run with her and not want to kill her. So, like, <laughs> you know, I figured we – she was also doubtful, like, how far she could kind of go just coming back. And she'd never run 100 miles. I was um, going to say, right, that was her first time over 100, right? Yeah. 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 And, I mean, I was pretty confident she would make 100 miles for sure. And I think she, she – you know, I, I think she thought she was – she could. And um, I also know that was kind of like her goal kind of going into it, um, obviously to hang in as long as possible. But, like – you know, it's hard to have a goal. And then once you kind of reach it, you're like, all right, things are falling apart and, you know, um, whatever. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed running with her for a while, but she was having issues. So like we would kind of like, sometimes she'd be faster cause she wanted to get done to take care of her feet cause her feet were really bad. Right. Um, but yeah, mostly with her. And then once after like it got like a little thinner, I, I ran with Gavin for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told him, I was like, we should run together, you know, because like everyone seems to be in their little clique and it'll be nice at night to just run with someone. Um, and he's like, ah, I like that idea. And then uh, we got to the road the second night and he wasn't, I, I was like, hey, can you, you know, I kind of met back up with him and I'm like, hey, do you want to run a little faster? I'm like, I'm. I have to run faster to stay awake. I was, I was like having trouble keeping my eyes open and we were running like 
11 minute, 1030 a mile or something. And he's like, I can't, he's like my, uh, what was it? His like knees or something where, 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 um, he wasn't able to stride anymore or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. So I was like, Oh man, bummer. Like, you know, it's hard to plan. You want to, um, kind of run with someone, but if, if I need to run faster to stay awake and he couldn't. And so I guess kind of ran mostly on my own. As the race goes on, everyone's kind of, I guess, falls into doing their own thing because, you know, people are tired, people are feeling okay, people are this hurting, uh-huh. that hurting. So you kind of, uh, you end up doing your own thing, I guess, and then there's only two of you left. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I feel like Courtney and uh, Johan last year and, like, a, a couple of guys, you know, even Guillaume, when he was still in it, they were all kind of near each other. Um but like when it was down to four of us, we were all very different paces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys, were, you guys got spread out pretty quickly on, on a lot yeah. of those laps. It seemed like some yeah. of them, some of them, Dave was just hammering away, and then some, and then he started to struggle. And I mean, you seemed pretty consistent, mm-hmm. and then just everyone was kind of fluctuating, fluctuating around you. It seemed like. Yeah, that's why I kept telling myself, I was like, just run your thing. Don't worry about it. if people are slower or faster. Like. Um, yeah. So you, you said something interesting when you were talking about Amelia, which I think is instructive when we're talking about this format, which is, you know, if you go in with a, a goal and then you reach that goal, it's then very hard to kind of, you know, the, the race isn't just going to end because you've hit your goal. I mean, that's, you know, nobody else really cares. So it's it can be very hard at that point to kind of take a step back and be like, oh, shit, now everything hurts and I still have to keep going because the race is still going. So did, did you, I mean, obviously you went in with a goal to win. Did you have kind of intermediate goals set up? And if so, were you able to, how were you able to kind of get past that, that mental lull? Or did you just go yeah. in and say, I'm, I, I don't really care how long it goes. I'm just going. Yeah. I mean, I acknowledged that like 183 was the farthest I'd gone. So like I knew that that lap, next lap when we had, um, when we had, when we only had three laps to go in the second night that I'd run farther, but I just kind of like acknowledged it and then like went on. Um, just let it, let it go. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, I really wanted to get to 300. I wanted to go farther than they went last year. Wow. So that was like, you know, just get there. And then as it went on, I thought maybe that might happen. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, you're going to get to the, the road, the, the day, the trail thing on the, on the third day. Um, and just, just focus on each lap and getting through it. Cause it was getting really hard, uh, on day, um, what was it? Our third trail day, right. uh, to just, oh, so it would have been fourth day. Yeah. So our third day, just to focus, like to use my feet properly. Cause you're, you're shuffling at that point And I fell a lot. Um, so it was mentally really difficult on the, the third day to, to, to focus. Um, so I knew fourth day would be like pretty tough, but, um, yeah, so I mean my my ultimate 300 mile goal wasn't even reached, so like not ultimate, but like that right. first like yeah. ooh, that's going to be cool. Like I didn't make it 200. That was not even though that's farther than I ever ran. Right. I was just like it's just it's just a number. <laughs> so right, so you didn't set that up as like some big thing in your mind that that cuz right in, in a race like this that's almost setting yourself up to fail once you reach that goal. It's kind of a, yeah. a counterintuitive kind of thing. Right. And like Guillaume and everyone, you know, kind of jokes about 100 hours or 400 miles. So even if you get to 400, which could happen one year, it really can. I I believe it. It's not we can all say it's going to happen every year on paper because look at all these people. But like, obviously, yeah, you have to have two people that are having like really good, like four days. Right. Exactly. You need two. 
And yeah, and I mean, I have no and doubt you have to that be strong trail runners because you're going to slow down so much, um, you know, like on the trail right. that like, you know, someone who's running faster laps on day one, you know, relatively will still be okay. I mean, I've no doubt that there are people that physically can run 400 miles in four days. I mean, certainly we've seen it on, on the track and that sort of thing. And, and certainly, uh, you know, there are people at bigs each year that I think have that capability. It's just, it's, there, there's, it's one thing to say run 400 miles in four days. And it's another thing to do it in the format at bigs, which is where you're, you have to be starting every hour. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a multi-day runner can take a 30-minute nap, can take a 90-minute nap or whatever it is. Yep. And, and it's just, you know, one thing we, it, not that we don't think about it, but when you say 100 hours, that's, that's just a really fucking long time to be awake. Right. Right. And like, I mean, look what happened to Will, because like, uh, I have no doubt that he can handle sleep deprivation, but like exactly what happened to him could have happened to me later that night. Like, I all of a sudden could have just been so disoriented and confused from exhaustion and fatigue and sleep deprivation right. that I wandered down the driveway to like Ben Yancey's house, who's like Lance's, <laughs> uh, Laz's neighbor. Right. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know it's how like pancakes. <laughs> yeah. So you ran um, five miles on that loop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Laz's neighbor's probably three miles down the road. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Quick no, seven mile like, loop. Yeah, exactly. He's like one mile. He was like, uh, he's about a mile down the road and he did run the race. And his wife, Susan, is like amazing. Um, and she made like my crew salads and stuff like oh, that. So cool. um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to end up in front of his house because like that's kind of off course. And like, I just, you don't know. I'm just like, it's unpredictable. Right. Tell us a little bit about the course, because I think that's one of the things we, you know, hear about from afar. But unless you're there, I don't think we get to really understand exactly um, what the the trail loop itself entails in terms of, I mean, we, you know, it's some climbing and some descending. But, you know, how technical is it? What, what would you compare it to, 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 you know, areas that people might be familiar with? How 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 hard is it really? Um, OK, so if you ran one loop, you're like, this is a pretty easy East Coast trail. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then by day two, you're like, there's a lot of rocks. In the place, <laughs> so I don't remember being here. Um, but it's not like a super easy trail. You know, it's not like uh, a super fast, flowy trail. Right. There's a lot of like annoying turns and like little mm-hmm. rocks that you got to watch out for. Even the field that's kind of gradually downhill that you run through, you need to keep an eye out because there's these like couple you usually memorize them, but they get everyone the first day is there's these little roots that if you're not paying attention, which you're not there because it's the one part you can really run um, without looking, they get you. Yeah. Um, and then obviously like the third day it was pouring rain and all those rocks are so slick. Like, right. um, and all, a lot of the leaves fell. So, you know, Laz actually, rake, he wants the trail to be as easy as possible. He right. rakes the leaves. But they all fell back, like all these leaves fell on the third day and it was oh, wet. Wow. And um, you, you kind of have to hop over rocks or like step through. A, there's a V tree you're supposed to hit around 20, uh, 20 minutes. And then on your way back, it would be about 40 minutes. Um, right. But the loop's a lollipop in the trail. Mm-hmm. So you oh, do right. Lollipop. Okay. Yep. I heard it was quite hilly uh, as well. Does it have like 400 feet of gain on it? Which I guess doesn't sound like uh, a lot yeah. just for a four-mile loop, but that's going to really right, add up very flat. quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think my day loop, my, my day, well, whatever. I don't know what the elevation was. 6,000 feet or 8,000 right. feet? Something. That, I don't know. Um, 6,000 feet, you're saying over the course of 24 hours? 
Over the course of just the day. Just the day Because then the, right. the road yeah. loops, like, I don't know, 200 feet total. Or, okay. Um, it's a gradual down. So the, the road loop is, um, it's an L-shaped out and back kind right. of thing. So it's gradual down, and then you kind of gradually go back up. Um, but it's not hard. But, you know, the gradual up kind of gives you a chance to walk on the way up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, it must be nice. Did yeah. you find yourself kind of... Uh, I mean, I guess it would change over the course of, of the three days, but did you find yourself looking forward to the date more than the night, the night more than the day? I mean, I'm sure it would have varied based on what your mental status was. Yeah. By the end of each day and night, I look forward to what was just, next. Just to change like, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look forward to the day because like you want the daylight to kind of wake you up yep. and just to switch gears and, and then same, the you want to get off the trail. And that last loop you finish is um, in the complete darkness. So, and it oh, is wow. very dark. So, uh, especially that third day, because it was pouring rain and really dark. So right. it was like kind of stressful That's to tough. be like, all right, this is the one way I could like fail here if I fall really bad. Um, yeah, that'd be brutal. Not a good way think, to end. <laughs> no, yeah. And and like unfortunately that's what happened to Will. Like it was just really disorienting yeah. in general. Like it was raining and, and whatnot. But like I think next year he um moved it to start it's gonna start a bit earlier. So we kind of start maybe like in the early morning where it's still kind of dark, but then hopefully we'll be out of the trail uh at the end of the day sooner so it won't be so dark. Right. That I don't know. Good. So what do you do when you kind of get back into like your base camp area? So you run your loop, you get into the base camp area, you kind of, you try and get a little bit of sleep, you get your food, you, you kind of get your feet out of your shoes. I mean, what's your kind of process when you get there? Um, or is see, that top day, secret? <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, in the day you don't do much. I mean, I, my goal is to kind of stretch and just maintain like the mechanical parts right. of, uh, you know, that whole, because like I just sat last time and would eat and just sit there. Um, but that helped. So Amelia bought all kinds of like, she brought like all these like massage guns and like mm. all these crazy vibrating things that right. like, <laughs> you know, and that like really helped. Um, and obviously more and more as like it went on, like my crew was more just doing that for me. And then right. I was just, you know, either whatever napping or yep. uh, eating as right before we went back out or something. So trying to maintain like your muscles and your joints and keep all of that moving and, and kind of yeah. loose and okay. That makes sense. Were you able yeah. to nap and, pretty consistently or not really? Um, yeah. So my goal, my, yeah, night was a pretty, night was pretty routine day. We switched it up like whatever I needed, but like, um, yeah, night I would come in about 13 minutes, 14 minutes. So I'd have like eight minutes to nap and mm. then five minutes we would take care of what I needed to take care of, like eat right. or like change something or whatever. Um, and got, that got, worked pretty well. And the naps, like it took a while to kind of take, but like by the second night, I'm like after like two or three loops, I mm-hmm. think I was maybe falling asleep. That's what Gina told me. My she was she came to crew and she's good at. She was the one that was like micro naps help even if you're not actually sleeping. So, um, I tried to tell myself it was working and that um, you know that I think that it kind of built me up for the third day to kind of be feel more awake at least. Right. Right. I gotta say the uh, Normatex is a brilliant idea. Yeah, that's really oh, a good well, idea. Yeah. yeah, but Dave Dave was running like forty minute laps, so he had yeah. more time. Yeah. I don't know that I. Would, by the time I got like in them, I'd be like, 
okay, that's, time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It takes you about four minutes to zip them up. And but when he up. said that, I was like, oh, those would feel so good right now. Yeah. Because, like, my calves were getting so tight and, like, sore. And I was like, I just want to feel, like, the compression on my, like. So, and I got in. I had um, Gina and Jen. I was like, can you guys rub my calves? <laughs> <laughs> they were great. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to ask you kind of about the end game before we get into a couple other various topics. But when it got down to kind of you and Will and, you know, we were all following along and trying to figure out, you know, how it was going to play out. And I think we, we were all kind of expecting you to be the, the, the one who kind of, you know, came through in the end. But, you know, Will was certainly hanging on. And there was one point where, you know, I mean, I would say the last like three or four laps, he his times had definitely started to slow. And, and there were a couple of points where he was, you know, getting in with, you know, two minutes to spare or maybe even less. Um, but he kind of kept going back out. And, you know, having been there in, at on a, a smaller scale, but at one of the other events in the past, like I remember, you know, there was there was kind of this duality to seeing somebody who kind of kept coming in at the at the kind of the last stages of each lap where it was like you could kind of feel that maybe they weren't going to make it and that kind of would give you a little bit of a boost but then every time that that they came in and then started heading back out it was actually a little bit more of a disappointment where because you had almost built your hopes up a little bit and then you saw that they were they were heading back out again and I I would almost get a little bit uh, like a little bit of a letdown did you have that at all Where, where where you know could you sense him struggling and did it kind of um, shake your confidence at all that he would then kind of seem to bounce back and recover and get back out for the next lap? Uh, no, I really wanted to get to past 300. So I was really so you were really just wow. focused on you, you didn't even yeah. care what he was doing. No. And so like right when Dave dropped, I will was looking really bad. And I was like, oh, no. And I had heard like Dave told me will might drop. And then Will and then Dave had a couple bad laps and dropped. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to end. Like, I'm like, I feel great and like ready to take this to like whatever. Uh, And and um, I told Guillaume, I was like, yeah, we have to do something like I I, like this can't end because like Guillaume understood he wanted to go farther, you know, with with Harvey, um, you know, that one time. Right. So he kind of understood like. Yeah, and so he said something to Will, and then they started crewing him. So, so <laughs> I mean, I, I and I also had a feeling like just from what I'd heard about Will, like that he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna just voluntarily quit. Like he was either gonna miss the cutoff or not. Right. And right. Um, Icky seemed like he is a fighter, and like you know, so I, I, you know, I was like a little worried a couple times. Um, at the same time, like there was a point where I, I thought he had dropped. Cause I heard cheering twice and then I kind of started to get like, Oh, you're going to win this thing. Like, and I let myself like think about what that, what, what it would be like mm-hmm. and like it being over. And I, and then I stopped and I also like kept stumbling. So then right. I turned it into this whole thing where all I did was focus on the running the loop. Um, and then it turned out, I found out later that Will had gone to the porta potty. Cause you like, you do an out and back on the road just to make up the extra distance. You right. come back through the finish so the first cheer was Will coming up, and then the second cheer was Will coming out of the porta potty. So that's why I heard it. It's not like he turned around and was like, "Hand in my chip." So like, you know, that stuff that you can't like. Get well, they in your probably head. cheered because they seen people go in the porta potty and didn't come out. And <laughs> They're like, "Whoa, yeah. someone's come out!" Hooray! <laughs> so yeah, 
I don't know. And actually, when uh, that last loop, you know, we, we were so focused on getting back out to get to the night loop. Uh, none of my crew even know well well wasn't in until they started saying make way for the runner when we're standing there. I was like, oh my god, he's not back, huh. and I got really like really nervous, and I was like hoping to see him because um, I wanted to. I knew as if he got to the road, we it would be easier. Right. Um, so I was actually disappointed, and then it took me a minute to realize like I didn't have to run again, and then, <laughs> then I was happy. But <laughs> yeah. But a little, almost a little anticlimactic. I guess. It was. It wasn't. Everyone says that. And, and Laz says usually, you know, you at least have time. At least the spectators have time to be like, okay, this person's won. You know, right? Like, like where Harvey, like Guillaume didn't know he went won, but Harvey had stopped and then walked back and said, "I'm going to wait for Guillaume to come back." Right. So everyone knew once Guillaume gets here, we can cheer and it's over. But like, yeah, everyone was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more questions about Biggs before we move on? I do not. No, I'm. Uh... All right, and actually, before we move on, Phil just cracked another beer. What are we drinking yeah, right now? We are drinking another other half beer. This is a small Nelson everything double dry. Oh, we've had this before. IPA. Yeah. Good, yeah, good. good. It's regular for us. What are you drinking right now, Maggie? I'm drinking a Kroger organic seltzer water, oh, strawberry God. watermelon. All right, that actually <laughs> sounds pretty tasty. I mean, it's, it's just making me feel like bad. a slug now, though. It's, a <laughs> it's not the best. Uh, not the best seltzer water. They don't the pol- I like polar seltzer. They don't really have that here. Oh really? No. That's in Massachusetts, but it's like a lot of East Coast, but Yeah, we have polar. Uh, yeah, that's I all like it. It. Yeah. That's good. Well, so, have you ever you know Ralph Crowley? No. He's the East Coast ultra runner. He's in based out of he does a lot of like stage racing, um, oh, okay. racing the planet type stuff. But his family owns polar. Oh. All yeah, right. I think they should have more so, sparkling water at U.S. Running ultra running races. They, they should. I like they it. Should. I find it very refreshing. I think I think the flavors are good. Yeah. Are you, are you angling for a sponsorship right now <laughs> from Polar? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take one from other. I half. asked too. So, you mentioned obviously Barclays, and I think in the early years of Biggs, uh, Biggs was basically just known as a way that people could get into Barclays. Until in the last few years, it's t- kind of taken on this life of its own. But uh, talk to us a little bit about Barclays. What about that race uh, kind of keeps drawing you back and, and makes you want to kind of keep tackling it again? Um, well, it is it's a, it is like a huge like puzzle, um, and it's not like you go there when you're expecting to finish unless you're like Jared Campbell, but you know, like I know it was going to be a project and I actually like, don't know if I can f- complete it, <laughs> which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I like things like that. You know? you know, it's like you're entering the unknown. You just don't know. It's just, it's nice to push yourself like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like if I keep trying at this, like I'm, I'm going to get the fun run. Like I think yeah. even though, I mean, that's what I believe even though I haven't really proved it because I've barely got like a, a, a one official lap this past year. And I got two laps last year, but over time, like very, very over time. So right. still only have two official Barkley laps in two years. Um, you know, but the fun run is, is, is something, uh, before I was kind of pushed that aside, like I don't really, you know, that's not what I'm here for. Um, but it's still an accomplishment. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. And it will at least prove to me that I, that I can possibly at least understand what it takes to do two more laps after that. So, um, you know, my goal is to finish, but that will definitely be 
like something. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's, you're right as well, saying that it's a project because everything I've seen about this this race is, uh, you know, it takes a few years to really learn what it's all about and you know how to train right for it, how to operate right in the in the mountains there. Uh, you know, the map reading, running with a veteran, things like that. So I, th I think, you know, it sounds cool to hear you talking about the whole thing as a project. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a crazy learning experience because like, obviously, okay, so what you learn in a hundred miler, you can take over to another hundred miler and, and yeah. then use that. But like, this is just <laughs> its own thing. So like, obviously some experience from Biggs is nice because I went for 60 hours actually, which is the time limit of Barkley. Right. So, okay, yeah, now I know what it's like. Yeah. yeah, and that was actually like another number in my head that was like, yeah. oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but damn, like I'm just thinking back to like how I was the second night and trying to keep my eyes open. Right, and you're on a simple road, like <laughs> yeah, I have to make decisions, <laughs> and I'm in the woods. Like, uh, yeah, it's daunting. Um, every yeah. year I do it, I'm more like, can I finish this? Now, <laughs> like, what what is the what is the kind of limiting factor for you? Is it the difficulty of the terrain is it the navigational component is it just like you say having to kind of manage decision making capabilities while you're sleep deprived what what is it that that you find is kind of the hardest part of it for you well first year it was the navigation so yeah. it's like just not knowing where to go you know right. and being kind of like tied to people Whereas like now I feel more confident where I'm like, all right, I make decisions. And if these people are going too slow or they're doing stupid things, like I'm going to do my thing. But last year, this past year, like I just, I just didn't have the training that I had that from the first year. And my body was just done by the time I got to garden spot, which is like, you know, you know, it was like six hours into it or something. And like, um, maybe five, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I don't even know if I've gone far enough in Barkley to even, un like, understand what is the limiting factor. Like, it could be my speed. Like, right. I want to work on that because I think all of the vert that I've been doing, like, both years miss makes you slower. And Gary Robbins did that before he, yeah. he was kind of injured, but he focused on speed um, and then just didn't really even do vert, uh, maybe a little bit, but... He did speed and then and then went into like a block of doing vert. Hmm. Um, and I think that's smart because you have to be fast. I mean, you need to build a giant cushion, right? Um, that at least that's how all the guys that have finished have done. And uh, you know, I don't know. I'm more of like an even paced person, and I believe in that. But uh, yeah, in this race, I don't know that that probably isn't gonna work right i don't know how realistic that i is. mean i think you know doing yeah. the uh the 250 miles at big's backyard i mean it really must help you mentally as well with uh barkley i mean that's a good a real you know strong marker there so it sets mm. you up well to you know train and was it end of march april kind of thing so first first week in april yeah. yeah yeah so pretty pretty good well the sleep deprivation for two nights was also was definitely like a thing i'd never experienced so i was yeah that having just like just to understand what what might happen or how I might feel is like helpful. Uh, yeah, for sure. So is 2020 then going to set up again similar to how this year did where it's going to be Barkley in the spring, Biggs in the fall and, and kind of build the season around that? Yeah. So, yeah, Biggs and Barkley for sure. Um, and then the in between is the question 
mark. So, sure, sure. Um, it's a qualifying year again for the <laughs> right for the twenty twenty four hour team. So it's where to fit that in, and then. I don't know. I'm kind of toying with the idea of bad water. If I can make that happen. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's so different from all the other stuff, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. And I like, I've, I've crewed my friend Yoshiko there before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this amazing place. And I would yeah, like to just do amazing. that race once. Yeah. And I think it's funny too. Cause like we were talking about tailwind earlier. Like I used to be, I had horrible stomach issues and I would throw up at like every race. Yeah. So I think it and, and heat was my nemesis, even though I love heat. Um, but I think it would be cool to like come back and, and like, oh, so part of it was, I mean, I did most of the bigs on, on tailwind. Like I ate real food, like I ate mostly potato type things, but every lap I was taking tailwind with me. So that was like yeah. the majority of my calories. I finally like kind of, uh, I broke down, a, I did a blog for tailwind where I, I talked about my nutrition, but I think I added up the calories like of all the tailwind and it was, you know, majority tailwind. Um, and so just to go do like bad water on like, I would do all liquid nutrition there. Right, Cause it's right. 135. Yeah. It's hot. Like who's yeah, going to eat anything hot. there. And it would be cool to just be like, look, I, I, I was plagued by this and now I did this on like tailwind. Right. I think it'd be cool. Well, it's a race that, you know, likely sets up pretty well for your skill set. you know, having had success at 24 hours, Obviously, people who have run real well for 24 hours. You mentioned Harvey and Pete Kostelnik. These are guys who have had a ton of success at Badwater as well. And Harvey, you know, also one of the few people to go over 50 hours at Biggs. You know, it seems like a similar mm-hmm. skill set that would serve you well at at uh, Badwater as well. Yeah, and I like roads still. I think uh, I did a lot of roads in training for Biggs. So I was like, well, I realize like I like running on roads sometimes. It's just different. Um, right. Like. I was kind of like, oh, I just like trails, but I don't know. I Sounds like, like you need to uh, enter Vol State. <laughs> I know someone else said that. That's definitely in my mind. Yeah. Okay, so it's Phil, funny. Phil just saw... got in off the wait list. Yeah, I just got in off the wait list, so I have no I, idea I what I'm I doing. I think I saw that. I'm kind of excited oh. <laughs> and terrified. You should. Which that is the right is, place I would to be. be. Terrified yeah. too. <laughs> so looking forward to it. We got to get him, uh, oh. you know, practicing his fast food uh, eating. Yeah. A lot of Taco Bell, a lot of Burger King. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, what's the one? Uh, Hardy? No. Yeah, Hardee's. There's like, yeah, it's, I guess it's a Hardee's in Wardburg by right. Frozen Head. There's like one fast food. There's maybe a Sonic and a. Ooh, and Sonic! A That's good stuff. <laughs> I actually went to Frozen Head in September. I went with my wife to Nashville. And I said, oh, I'm going to go for a run. She said, where are you going? I said, well, it's about 150 miles each way. She was like, what? I'm like, I have to go. So, yeah, I went for yeah. a run there. It was kind of kind of terrifying. Lots of uh, very, very steep hills. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, though? Like, I mean, I, it looks so different in September than it does in March. Yeah, it was, so it was really dense and lush. Yeah, and yep. overgrown. So I, I set off from the, the yellow gate and ran up the first sort of switchback hill. And I was like, you know, this is, this is pretty uh-huh. cool. This is fun. You know, this place is it's kind of nice. And then I got to the kind of trail junction right at the top. And I was trying to figure out which way to go. And I think at that point, I was bitten by eight horseflies at once. And I was like, this place is evil. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I didn't stop after that. I just kept running. I was like, eight horseflies bite to me at once. That tells you all you need to know about this place. Yeah. Yeah. There are no horseflies in like barking no. usually. It's yeah. Just, oh, yeah. I was savaged. Some yeah. fresh English I mean, meat. <laughs> that, that that Barkley Fall Classic is another beast too. Like yeah, with the they have to go through Rat Jaw like the center of it where it's all overgrown with oh. the saw briars. Yeah, I, whereas I, like 
I was at the top of it, and it was so insanely thick. I couldn't yep. see how someone could get through it. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's mostly always been mowed recently, in right. recent years, for uh, the big Barkley. So <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> so, Maggie, you mentioned you run for Rugged Running, which is Michelle Yates' coaching uh, service. How did you start working with Michelle? How long has it been? Um, I met her in 2014 while she blew, well, she blew by me during Rocky Raccoon and then she later on had some health issues and I ended up catching up to her cause she was walking at that point. And we, we exchanged a couple words. Um, she was about to drop, uh, at the next aid station. Um, and then I talked to Rob Goyan who has, was coached by her at the time, the trail racing over Texas founder. Sure. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I reached out to her to see about coaching cause you know, it started to pique my curiosity. Um, and I'm glad I did. And I've been a coach by her ever since. And like, uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing actually. I thought that I was getting enough internet plans, uh, <laughs> to like look up <laughs> to figure out how to train. And you know, everyone writes like actually, and even like, honestly in 2013, it, like in 2014 there was so much less stuff on like how to train for ultra running like right. i think it's now people understand you have to do speed work and that you don't have to do 20 mile run 20 mile run a 17 mile run <laughs> yeah. like a, like a three-day like week like that yeah. you know yeah no i i mean it's like you said it's it's been a, a kind of an explosion in terms of knowledge and you know certainly social media helps with learning what all the really successful people are doing but certainly in the last few years Right. That's that's come to the forefront is that you see that everyone is really doing, you know, kind of traditional distance running training. You're doing speed work. You're doing hill work. You're doing, you know, lactate threshold stuff. Right. It's not just going out and running four hours a day, five hours a day, six hours a day, um, which yeah. which I think it, it kind of, you know, in 2010 or 20, 2005, 2010, 2012, it probably was. I think a lot of those guys were kind of training that way, um, or at yeah. least that's the that's the public uh, face that they were putting on it. I mean, you look at some of the stuff that Anton was putting out there in those days. That's that's he was just running six hours a day, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure it was fast. Two hundred mile weeks. Like. Yeah. Yeah, but that, it was a lot weeks, of that exactly. stuff, right? And and you know, and now we see so many of these, especially people coming from a collegiate background, but even those who aren't who are taking it seriously are you know sixty to eighty to maybe a hundred miles a week, but with speed work and with hill work and everything yeah. else. Yeah, I didn't go over ninety miles training for bigs. Right. Um, you know, like how do you train for a distance you don't know you're going to Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think it's similar to training for a hundred miler. Or like, that's just what you do for everything. <laughs> so how much has your kind of social media profile or your kind of, um, I guess your kind of recognizability within the cultural consciousness, how much has that kind of exploded since Biggs, do you think? Do you feel like a difference in terms of the way that, you know, you're looked at by the media or, or that people interact with you on social media or anything like that? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of funny during, because <laughs> Amelia, Amelia was like, I would come, I was like half paying attention because you're just kind of in a daze, but like, you know, it was down to me and Will. And like, Amelia was reporting to me how many Instagram followers I had at the moment. Because <laughs> it was kind of a joke between me and Howie Stern and like Amelia, because Amelia has like a gazillion followers. Right. And like, whenever Howie or her would tag me, I would get like 
I don't know, 50 more followers for something. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be famous because of you guys. And like, she's like, you know how you get more followers? You win things. And she would like tell me how many like followers I had more at that time. Or like, I don't know. It was so weird. And it was like kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a lot of messages and I couldn't go through all of them. There's like a secret. There's like an Instagram has like a secret uh, hidden message area where like everyone that messages you that you just don't see. Right. And like I tried to look right, at all right. those. If you're not and, like, already respond, friends with them or whatever, just, right? Yeah, and it was too much. And so if I didn't respond, sorry, but like there's so <laughs> many, and I didn't know, like I didn't know what to do with them all. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's cool. And then you know, I I did like a lot of podcasts and stuff. Sure. Um, but um, and yeah, it was actually it's just like a bigger deal than I I thought. Like I knew it was a big deal, and that I I just thought like within the ultra running community, everyone pays attention to that race. It's a fun race to follow. I yeah, followed really it with Guillaume and Harvey were to, yeah. Uh, but it's just weird because like it became so, it seemed like it became bigger than ultra running. Like, yeah, like I mean, people paid attention to it. Right. They also made a big deal out of a woman winning it, which I think yeah, I you wanted said to ask in you the about last that. podcast. Right. <laughs> like, I'm glad you said that. And I'm not, I'm not insulted or anything by like people saying, Oh, a woman won. I just think, like, in general, most of ultra runners under no one really believed a woman couldn't win. It just hasn't yeah. happened. And, like, and that, that the thing is, that race specifically had not had a woman finish, uh, winner. But, like, Katie Wright, the girl who was fourth, who's right. from New Zealand, um, she got her golden yeah, ticket. Yeah, she had won a golden ticket. Overall. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, it just didn't happen. And, like, you know the ratio of men to women it's a bigger chance a man's gonna win like if you want to look at it like that but, right um yeah, yeah it's no not it like was a just big deal right it was and, and i think this was largely among the uh, the lay press or however you want to say it but you know that, uh -huh. that this was kind of held up as some not to denigrate it or in any way obviously but i, I don't i don't i never got the sense that you viewed this as like some you know crusade or or you know some some huge uh victory in the fight for women's equality or anything like that i mean you ran a race you ran an yeah. unbelievable race yeah. and you know when it got down to the last two or three i, I fully expected you to win um and i i, I right. think you know it, it's it's an easy way for like i said the, the lay media or the people who are not necessarily following the sport closely to kind of understand the the gravity or the import of it but i think it almost did it it almost did it as an athletic uh feat a little bit of a disservice to focus on kind of that aspect of it. Well, I mean, part of it is kind of natural because like, I think a lot of women were like cheering for me just because I was a woman, you know, like, but then right. at the same time, you also want to cheer for Will because he is the underdog, which is what Laz said he would normally, he would root for Will because right. Will looks so bad the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But he wanted to kind of root for me because a woman hadn't won and he really wanted that to happen. So it was just like, kind of helped you relate to what side you wanted to pick but like um right but but yeah, make overall, no mistake like, will was the underdog i mean you're a yeah. you know you've run I don't, 14 and change for 100 miles you've been on you've been to the world championships and and everything else i mean will's a obviously a very strong runner but not nearly as accomplished I, there it was kind of no comparison coming in between the two of you Oh, he he's done a lot of badass stuff and longer stuff and i sure when heard but I, i'm just saying it's on things. a different level I just look better. Let's just say that. <laughs> Sorry, Will. I don't think anyone's going to debate that for sure. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, but then I, I've seen comments where people get confused about what it means. And they're like, you know, people start to argue about gender 
you know, maybe now we don't need to have genders. And then people argue whether that's right. I'm like, no, 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 we should still have genders. (laughs) Men and women are different. Like, this is not like a speed thing. It's just different format. And so I don't think people totally understand how how level the playing field is the way this format that Laz has come up with. Right. And that's that's part of the brilliance of it and why I am drawn so much to that format is he's I mean, he has really found kind of I mean, he's he's got a a knack for this sort of thing. I mean, similar kind of thing with um, uh, what's the one that he does with the the timed event. And now I'm blanking on the name. uh, Run for the. Yeah. Run for the ages. Right. I mean, just two two formats that really are about as egalitarian as it gets. Like anyone, mm-hmm. literally, any age, any gender or whatever is is going to have a fairly equal shot at these things. And it's it's really, it's kind of a remarkable accomplishment that way. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that race favors a stronger, older person. Oh, yeah. for sure. I'm going to enter that sure. when I'm like 75. Yeah, no. If- <laughs> because, yeah, right. Like, but like a lot of them, they don't have like, like, um, like Phil McCarthy is yes. like, he's a badass. Yes. But like, and he's not going to beat like 20 something year old guy and a hundred miler. That's like, you know, unless right. whatever, right. but you know, whatever. So I no, mean, what's he getting now? 55 hours. Something like flips that. The, yeah. Yeah. So he kind of flips the, the, like, I don't know the advantages and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. but I mean, I've said this on other podcasts before, like Laz is kind of like the, the Midas, um, of, of race directing, like every yeah. Thing he touches, he just comes up with these super <laughs> unique formats. <laughs> Before we let you go, let's uh, let's just do a couple of kind of fun questions. What what's the one thing you miss the most from the East Coast now living in Colorado? Uh, well, two things. Okay, humidity. <laughs> the humidity. <laughs> you miss the humidity. And yeah, and and the, and the community. Like I miss Pretzel City sports races and going to like a cool trail race every weekend. There's, there's not love the Pretzel City sports yeah. scene. Ron Horn and those yeah. guys. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Ron and Helene. Yeah, um, I just miss that. Like these short, fun races that yep. are just like, I don't know. I miss that. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe that you're saying you miss the humidity though. Uh, I liked it. You know, I did get my. Fair share at Biggs. It was pretty disgusting. Yeah. Oh, was it pretty humid there? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That would be tough. It was like soupy. <laughs> <laughs> Before we let you go, Maggie, we're gonna play the silly game that we play with everybody who comes on the show. We're gonna play Desert Island Picks. You are going to go for a to a desert island for one year, and we are gonna let you bring one of each of the following on your trip to the desert island. You get to bring one book, one food, one album. And one beer for one year on a desert island. What are you going to bring with you? Okay, one book. Yeah. Probably like, uh, well, I want to say like an atlas so I can maybe find my way. Oh, okay, island. good. That's excellent. That's a, that's a uh, <laughs> nice way to approach see. it. Let's see. One food. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I should bring tip. I should bring uh, Rebuild Recovery Tailwind. Re- All right. <laughs> oh, that's the political answer. That'll, that'll keep nice. you alive. Actually, no, no, it probably wouldn't. We we don't claim that it's a meal replacement. Oh, <laughs> probably okay. lacking in some vitamins. I'm trying to think of the we'd most. Be mostly alive. We're then. gonna have to attach a disclaimer to this. Yeah, like what's the most nutritious food on, on the planet that you can possibly bring? I don't know. Kale. Like, um, <laughs> I think really? it'll be a good. Then, de- I think it'll be a good desert island. There'll be food there. There'll be coconuts, bananas, mangoes. Yeah. That's Are there coconuts on the island already? Uh, I think so. It's a good island. <laughs> 
Chay's not that mean. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I'll just bring pizza. Yes, that's yeah. the right answer. <laughs> that, good. Now we know you can live on that forever. <laughs> yeah, you can. There's that. That's at all the food groups, right? That's got <laughs> totally, all the food yeah. groups. Exactly. Okay. Okay, mango, right, one pizza, album. coconut pizza. <laughs> one, one what? One album. Oh, an album. Oh, what about an MP3 player? Don't they have that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, you want a Spotify playlist? I want, yeah, do I have access to Sure, like, yeah, you da- can You data? can Spotify, yes. Okay. Unlimited data. Uh, it would be some, like, I don't know, electronic, like, like um, I don't know. I don't know what the kids call these genres anymore, but, like, I like these, like, mellow beat type things that you can run to. Oh, okay. Like, so like an EDM bonobo kind of thing, or something. Not EDM. No. Oh, okay. But like, but like bonobo. What do you do? You know that band? Like, what do you classify them as? I no know. idea. Okay. Well, Phil, Phil somebody, has a very kind of like Phil's a kind of chill electronic right beat type thing. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then what? Beer. Well, One I beer. don't drink. So can I bring seltzer? <laughs> you can bring seltzer. Yeah, People have be done that before. Day. You bring a Kroger, Kroger's. Uh, I'll bring no, I'll bring the polar seltzer if I can have a pick. Sure. Yeah. What flavor? Oh man, they make a lot of good flavors, some seasonal ones. But you know, I think I'll just go with lime. Okay. The traditional lime. Nice. Basic. And you can add Classic. things to that on the island. Mango, coconut. 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 Yeah. I can add like a little coconut yeah. non alcoholic pina colada yeah. spritzer. Didn't you used to Sounds bartend? Good. Didn't you say you used to ten bar? Yeah. I did. Wow. But not a drinker. No, oh, I did drink then. But oh, okay. No, I don't. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun and uh, can't wait to see what happens at Biggs and Barclays next year and everything else. And uh, definitely stay in touch and let us know when you're back on the East Coast. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Super excited for you next year. I can't wait to see what happens. So, uh, and congrats again on this year. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Really amazing. Thanks to everybody for listening, and please, you know, continue to follow, subscribe, rate, and review us. And until next time in the Pain Cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up, the years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded. Like a good old pair of jeans Rusty like a proud old car That's drove a little too far And seemed too much rain But long ago as a child I look about the night sky in wild wonderment Then ride the bus and feel upset To think of all the years I'd have to go through there I was still I was still